Welcome, everybody. Real World Podcast is a conversation to bridge the gap between boomers and millennials, or in this case, a mom and a son. And we do not pretend to be experts in any of the matters we discuss. Trust me, we are not experts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're happy you guys are able to spend some time with us today. Uh, I'm here with my mother, Bobby. And we have a special person to thank for our conversation topic today. Yes, I want to give a um, hello, everybody. And I want to give a shout out to Pam. Um, Pam Hires. She she's such a been a faithful um, listener and she gives us great feedback. And she wanted us to talk about Ravi Zacharias. Um, And I'm going to let Brian go into detail. But Brian, um, but Ravi was a big leader in the church and he had a big fall. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead into. But anyway, before I just wanted to thank you to Pam for giving us suggestions. And and as we ask everyone, um, we really appreciate your feedback, your comments, your questions. Yep. If you have a problem with what we're saying or you disagree, you agree, whatever. We really would love to hear your feedback. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll give you the email address uh, at the end of the session. Um, well, why not do it at the beginning? Well, we, we, could. we could do it at both. We could do that. Realworldpod at gmail.com. Yes, realworldpod at gmail.com. That way, if someone stops listening like halfway through, now they hear it at the beginning. The, you know what? My son is so wise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just because like when Discover Me and you and Scott talked and they're like, yeah, the average podcast, the amount of time people listen to a podcast is about 30 to 40 minutes and we normally go about 45 to 50 minutes. <laughs> right. But we know that they listen to us the whole way through. That's right? true. I mean, we, I think I think we know pretty much every listener by name. <laughs> we probably do. Uh, also, mm-hmm. I wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Trevor Burl again. Whenever I whenever got to see him this last week for the first time in about a year. Uh, I was texting him after he had to go back to AZ and uh, I said, I'm like, man, I miss you so much. He's like, I know you miss me, but it feels like I get to hear you from you every couple of weeks. That's awesome. And I, I was that like, he and his- oh, that, hit, that, that made me love me, made me a little bit, made me want to cry a little bit, Trev. Well, when he was in, I got to see his mama and, and her yeah, mama and um, we had lunch together last week. So, so great to see him. And um, she, she also, Don also um, shout out to her. She listens to the podcast too, and um, we appreciate her yeah. listening. We appreciate every single one of you guys listening. Absolutely, we do. Uh, but yeah, getting into Ravi Zacharias, if you aren't familiar with who he is, he is a pretty famous apologist. He's been releasing books pretty much every year or two uh, since like the early 90s. He was in his mid 70s, he actually passed away last year in May. And not long after he passed, uh, there uh, there was a lot of sexual scandal that came mm-hmm. out, and he was like, mm-hmm. a lot of women came forward of saying that he sexually harassed them, exposed himself to them, and touched himself uh, in front of them. Uh, there are four different masseuses who uh, worked at a place he owned, which I don't know why he own, owns a massage parlor. That's a little bit odd to well, begin with. I believe why he got a pass all the time was he he said that he needed to have massage therapists because he had a back injury and it helped him with his back yeah. injury. And so I think because he had that from the beginning and and did this for so many years that people just accepted it as, oh, he really has a back problem and he needs a massage therapist for it. Yeah. Well, and whenever I said, because I know <laughs> there, there's someone in Trevor's family who actually owns a, a massage mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. clinic or I don't think massage it's... Massage like, envy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's not to say owning that is bad. It's more so saying, why is this famous church leader owning businesses? I don't think, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but it's... 
I don't know. I feel like you open yourself up to so much attacks if you're to do something, especially because massage places in the past have like, there have been so many sketchy things. Like if you look at Deshaun Watson in the last year, I don't know if you've heard anything about him. He's a quarterback mm. for the Texans. He's been accused mm. of by 24 different women. All of them are massage mas- masseuses. Oh, wow. Yeah. It started off with just eight. And then after like a couple months, it, it went up mm. to 24. Wow. And the league still hasn't suspended him. Which is that's kind of crazy. Well, and you think if you think uh, about it, so <laughs> so Ravi owned um, some uh, day spas in Atlanta. Yeah, and I don't know where else if he owned well, them anywhere else. Yeah, but yeah, that, that's where the masseuses. Worked, so supposedly. so, but just think about it. If you're a, a leader in the Christian church and you own this spa and you have a masseuse that that's working there, again, sexual harassment 101. It's like yeah. you know he's got the power, and you boost bet. The thing is, is that if you're the worker and you're thinking this is a godly man, surely he wouldn't do anything that would be ungodly. Multiple of these women actually went on to be quoted as saying that he would tell them something along the lines of uh, they need to do whatever sexual thing that he was Mm -hmm. asking them to do in order to... uh, I'm trying to remember the exact wording because I didn't want to write it down because it was just so disgusting. Mm-hmm. I was so disgusted and revolted. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely mean that from the bottom of my heart. Uh, it was something along the lines of like, he needs to relax from all the kingdom of God work that he did. Yes. And yes. I was just, I my stomach, my, my stomach sunk. It was, mm-hmm. I was genuinely disgusted. Well, and another uh, one said that he called, he referred to her as his reward for living a life of service to God. Great. I mean, like, I seriously, that day of reckoning for him, I don't know. Like, it's, um, <laughs> yeah. when you're using God to justify actions that go against everything that he has um, professed not to do. Yes. I, I, mm, I, I do think yeah. at this point we also do need to preface that we don't know this man personally. Well, that's true. We do uh, not know him at and all. It, it, and this is because this, this is this is mm-hmm. sort of also more of a general topic about Me Too slash church discipline sure. a little bit too. Sure. So we sure. might bring up other people in similar circumstances. We don't mm-hmm. know any of these people, mm-hmm. so right. we do need to preface it with that. Like for all we know, people could just have disliked him. Maybe he was a bit of a jerk. And so they're doing a smear campaign. I don't know well, why that would be the I, case, I, okay, though. There's so, so many different women. Well, but when, I've, when I'm looking at it now, like, so um, RZIM, which is Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. So he had international ministries. And so in the beginning, they were defending him, assuming that these were women that were disgruntled. And he, one had actually sued, her name was Lori something, mm-hmm. sued him in 2017. Yeah. And they all supported him and everything. But after the fact, they finally came out and said they believed her because that all of this other information came forward. And so the organization now, I don't know if it still exists today, but um, they have basically had to restructure entirely. And many of the locations have like um, changed their names and everything because they don't want to be associated with Ravi. And it's so unfortunate because, man, he was just like so looked at. He was at. really famous. He was. Yeah, a he lot of was. people. I remember I had a Rogo school meeting with Sandals, uh, and we were we were talking after or at the beginning of a meeting. There was someone sitting next to me who I hadn't met yet before. He was from HP, I think, or maybe no. Was it was it with Rogo School? I don't remember. Uh, but I was talking with someone about Sandals who 
who actually was telling me that they really look up to Ravi and he hadn't heard any of this. And this was like a year after the fact. Mm-hmm. They've done a good job and, of keeping it under. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, he was heartbroken. It was like, mm-hmm. really? Like this dude, like he's like, I learned right. so much from him. Right. And it's heartbreaking. Uh, and RZIM was the largest apologic apologetics organization in the whole world. Yeah. Like that's how large this was. So, Talk about a huge scandal. Yeah. So I think also going back to a little bit, uh, to add on, there's a couple more details. Uh, He supposedly solicited and received sexual photos from over 200 other women. Yep. Uh, Then there was a woman that Ravi had met with. This wasn't one of the, from what I understand, this wasn't one of the masseuses, uh, but he is someone Ravi had met with and had an abusive and toxic sexual relationship with. Uh, and pretty much told her if she didn't give in to his advances and keep quiet, that she would be responsible. And this was it was yes. responsible for millions of lost yes. souls. Yes, and that was. Now can you, that, and that's kind of what I was alluding to before. It's like when you have a church leader that you trust. Yes. Um, and they suggest or do something totally inappropriate or illegal, sexual misconduct being one of them, of course. Um. I, I, yeah, I mean, like, how awful is that? Like, how bad is that? That's a lot different than lying or, I want to say even killing a person, like, literally, where you're affecting a person, and I'm not at all (laughs) suggesting that that's okay, because it's not. But I'm saying this affects literally millions of people, like, yeah, his impact. Well, yeah, it's like when it's like he wasn't wrong when he said if she if she doesn't keep quiet, like if she kept quiet, uh, a lot of people may have thought higher opinions of Rocky Zacharias. But guess what? If he just didn't do it, that also would have left a lot of people thinking he was a godlier man if he wasn't an awful piece of crap. Well, and besides <laughs> that, for her keeping quiet, how many other women were affected? So when yeah. you think about hundreds the, of women that were ones. affected by this, <laughs> see, that's the thing you have yeah. to do as a woman. If you have been sexually assaulted, yeah. go to the the um, authorities. I'm sorry, but you just need to do that because yes. you are protecting other women. These people... These predators need to be stopped. Yes. Whether they are a leader absolutely. or not a leader. And there's something else I, I I'm feel sorry, very... I'm sorry. I feel no, really okay. strongly about I, this. I, I do too. Because I'm about to say something that some that might actually anger some people. Uh, you'll read a lot of times... Uh, a lot of the reasons why a lot of uh, church have se- churches have sexual scandals in a similar vein is because they try and handle it in-house. Yes. And if someone on staff commits crime... That is not something you handle in-house. Absolutely not. There's a difference between moral failure, like a pastor is caught cheating, Mm -hmm. which is not a crime, uh, compared to sexual abuse, sexual assault, rape, harassment, any of that. That is something, if that's happened to you by a pastor or a church leader, Mm -hmm. if your church does not believe you, if the elders do not believe you, report it no matter what. Right. I would say definitely talk to the other spiritual leaders in the church. Make Mm -hmm. sure that they're aware. Mm Mm-hmm. Because uh, that way they could then begin to ready the church for the crap storm that's about mm-hmm. to happen to it. Right. But report it. Don't let people say we need to handle this in-house if a crime has been committed. Do not. This That is not what Paul is saying in those passages where he talks about kind of letting uh, brothers and faith deal with struggles between themselves. He's saying don't sue each other and all that. Mm-hmm. That is not, that is, that, um, that is I'm saying ha- them having disagreements and petty arguments 
over like fences and property boundaries and someone said this and he said she said he's not saying that about a crime if someone did sexual abuse paul probably would have said they can get kicked out of the church well you know it's interesting in um reading about ravi so i learned that he maintained multiple phones at all times (laughs) kept them on a different wireless plan as his organization rzim he never used the wireless network at the office and he said it was for security, but it ensured his communication couldn't be monitored. Yes. And then ultimately the board, RZIM board, um, acknowledged that they fell gravely short and they expressed regret, in quotes, that we allowed our misplaced trust in Ravi to result in him having less oversight and accountability than would have been wise and loving. Yes. I mean, you know what? We're all accountable to each other. Whether you like it or not, we are. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why at our church, and I know a lot of churches push small groups, because that's the whole point there, is to hold each other accountable. If you see somebody kind of leading in the wrong direction, it's up to you to say something and try to steer them in the right direction. That's what we're here for. And if if something isn't concrete, if it's like you saw someone do something that you're not not fully sure what they did— that's something you could try and talk with them one-on-one or if you see something that's a little bit odd or suspicious and if they kind of deny it, then you could begin to talk to more people. Uh, Cause that is a situation like that where it's like, if someone just like saw the phone thing, they, it's mm-hmm. probably something they should like, Hey Ravi, what are you doing exactly. here? Why, yeah, Why do that, you need to do this? Wrong with that. It's fine if he had multiple uh, phones, like a personal one and a business one, but the fact that he didn't want to be on the wireless network at all, I would be very questionable of that. Yeah. And this, yeah, there's little things like that where, yeah, and if someone does, you do, if you do see someone do something awful, again, I would say make sure you talk to other leaders. If you do see someone commit a, a church leader commit a crime, I would not say to go confront that leader. I would say go talk to another leader first, figure out what the church is going to do, and if the church wants to do nothing or handle it in-house, as a lot of churches say, then report it. When well, again, <laughs> yeah. speak out. So, so the secret of his abuse, even though he had been sued by this one woman, they basically debunked her, even though it ultimately ended up being true um, four years before, three years before. But at his funeral, one of the massage therapists that he had groped, masturbated, he masturbated in front of her and asked for sexually explicit images. She watched in shock as he was being honored and celebrated on a live stream, right? Yeah. So there were famous people at there at that at the funeral. It was Pre- Vice President Mike Pence, Christian football star Tim Tebow. They were at uh, Ravi's funeral service. Yeah, it's and, these people who didn't actually know. And him. she's like questioning this, like, what is going on? Do you understand what he did to me? Is what I know what she's thinking. Yeah. And um, so she just started praying about it, and then women started coming forward after. And Which so it's like good. you know what, like I good. said before. If you have been a victim or you know somebody that's being a victim, go to the authorities. It needs to be reported. It yes. is a crime. I think, And I think the worst part, the most depressing part of all this is that he clearly used coercion on a lot of these women. Totally. And it worked. They mm-hmm. didn't come forward until after he died. Because of his power. I mean, yeah. that's just like, this is like sexual harassment 101. Again, somebody with power and authority exerting you know himself over someone else who feels threatened by that and they feel like they have no choice but to 
to succumb to his wants. Yeah. And um, it's just I, incredible. I think also going back to uh, real quick, there's a couple other things that he did that were a little bit sketchy. Going back to the woman who uh, I said he had actually had a, like he had a more of an actual relationship with mm-hmm. uh, that he was having an affair with. He also sexually abused her daughter. It, she didn't say her age. Mm. So I, I don't know if that was a child or if she was a young adult. Right. Either way. Doesn't uh, matter. But either way, <laughs> it is awful. Right. Uh, this might not seem as suspicious, but it's kind of going back to the same idea. Well, he owned a business. In this case, is on, t- on top of all the businesses he owned, on top of his books income, he had a, re- uh, report- a reported net earning of over 500 grand just from his nonprofit ministries. So the like the for so for like RVIM and anything else he was involved with, he had an income of over five hundred grand just from leading those ministries, which is like I believe if you're working in ministry, you should get paid what you're worth. But at the same time, I think that's a lot of money, especially because he had other incomes. I don't think he needed that much money, and I think that's a that could that should raise an eyebrow. Red flag. That should definitely be a red flag of what he's using mm-hmm. that money for. And you could always say it's like maybe he's putting it away for his wife. Uh, or something else. I don't know. You know, that's one of the things that I really appreciate about Rick Warren is that Rick Warren has never taken a salary from the church. And it's like, I don't know. I just find that pretty amazing that that yeah. that he, he doesn't. And I'm not saying you shouldn't take a salary. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just like, I, I really like Rick Warren and his messages just really speak to me. And I just, uh, I was just listening the other day. I was driving and was listening to one of his um, sermons. And and so in, in, his, in his sermon, he was just uh, reminding us of that. And uh, yeah. so. And the uh, the only other thing was actually something you've already mentioned. It was the one that he, when he was accused of in 2017 uh, by a Canadian couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was actually interesting with I did because I, I didn't hear anything I read didn't say that she was like validated after the fact it was kind of left it more ambiguous mm. uh, from what it sounded like to me it was I mean it's clearly possible she was sexually harassed mm-hmm. but it seemed from the way it was described it sounded like the wife was complicit mm-hmm. as well as married and of course Ravi could easily have been abusing his power like that's oh. still 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 clearly his fault in that matter sure uh but I find it odd that he would do something that would be criminal and all they wanted to do was get money. I mean, again, and, and we, it's, don't it's, know. we don't know. I thought that one was a little bit suspicious, but I thought that would be a bit of a segue into, because I do think to some extent I, I, they are probably, she is probably a genuine victim. I do believe that. Mm-hmm. But that also raises up the question of, Sounds like maybe she was in wanting. Well, he was saying she was trying to extort money from him. Yeah, it was like she was a genuine victim, and then she saw the opportunity to try and extort. That's what I was gonna say. So yeah, like two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, who knows? Maybe it could have been her husband's idea. Maybe right, she was a knows? victim. Maybe her husband know. was a giant. Jerk. I don't. I don't know the facts about it, and we're we, not yeah, here we, to yeah. credit or discredit any exactly. of the victims exactly. of him or anyone else. That's uh. But. What I wanted to... Sorry, I didn't mean to... No, 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 that's okay. Uh, I was w- going to say that's a predator. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, one of the things I wanted to change gears is say... Because say there's 200 women who've accused him. Mm-hmm. And Which is probably about the number that he's... They're, they're suspecting. At least they found... They found images and information from 200 different women. Okay. I'm going to say there's probably even more women than that. Because that's, this is just the women he's done stuff with since technology 
I has was been relevant. Just, or ones that were... And this is a man who was born in the 40s. Or ones that actually engaged in these acts with him via electronics. You know yes. there were a lot more that didn't. Yeah, who knows when, like, uh, I remember one I read once back, you know, it was a wild accusation. He was 74 was, when he passed away. I'm uh, sorry. I'm sure he engaged in this for many, many, many oh, years. Oh, yeah. You, you don't, that doesn't normally, you know, something, it's not yeah. something you normally start in no. your 60s. No, exactly. uh, But he had a lot of ministries in Asia. Well, there's right. a lot of, uh, like, massage places are a lot, are treated a lot of time oh. as, like, brothels in places Absolutely. like China and other totally. Asian countries. And it so wasn't even illegal. Yeah. And so... So who knows how many things he did with women yeah. that there's zero ability to. Yeah. But that's that's all yeah. to say, was in my thought of over 200 women have come forward or that they have proof of. How many more women do they not have proof of? And I'm thinking of over 200 women, I can only imagine that there's one person out there who for some reason wanted to... What? Is that yours? Yes. Oh, sorry. This, no, this sorry for this interruption. Aren't you put? You didn't put it in. No, mom. This. Oh, is, this is the case. I'm sorry. I just case. wanted to make sure that we put the <laughs> storage device in the unit. Yeah, the micro. So that, the micro SD is in. Thank you. Uh, this is this is. The don't storage. you love my interjections? Each podcast, I usually have at least one. <laughs> I don't think I had one on the last podcast. No, I had one though. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, I had one, so okay. I evened it out. Okay, good. <laughs> it was it was the one whenever you started talking. Well, with this your, is a conversation. It is. So. So it's fine. Right. Uh, and I love having conversations with my baby boy. I love talking to you too, Mama. I love to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where was that? Because in my head, and this is not to say just discredit like a specific person or anything, but in my head, it's almost over 200 people. I'm sure there's one person who might be lying. Oh, no question. Uh, sure. And so in my head. Yeah, they're kind of jumping on the bad rug and thinking, hey, maybe I can get some money out of this. Or, or maybe I can just get some attention or something sure, like that. Sure, absolutely. And it's not to say that someone for sure is doing that. It's just in my head, right. it's, it almost seems no, like that's for possible. Sure. Totally. So my head, mm-hmm. though, is like, and this is a specific question for you. Okay. Because you're, you're a woman and I'm not, okay. so I don't understand. You're not? I am not okay. a woman. Okay, good to know. Where can we draw the line on accusations, like how much, like people say Me Too, like that was the movement that happened a few years ago and it's still kind of going on. Mm-hmm. Where where do people draw the line when it comes to accusations uh, or like... Political uh, parties. <laughs> political parties? I mean, no, like you say that and honestly, unfortunately, that is a fact. Like, I don't know if you know that this morning, uh, Andrew Cuomo stepped down as governor of New York. Oh. He did. He good. stepped down. And when he first started giving his speech, it's... Uh, the thing is, he's blaming it on politics. He sexually harassed numerous women. Yeah, that's I terrible. mean, uh, besides his other problems as governor of New but York with all just... the people that were that died as a result of COVID in the nursing homes, which yeah. he totally was responsible for because of his policies. But he's blaming it on politics that this has happened. He does not even regret what he has done to these women. Yeah, so, so he's, he a, he's an apologize? example of... No. That's Well, no. Yeah. He says he's sorry, but he didn't believe that what he was doing was sexual harassment. It's like, <laughs> you know what, buddy? You don't get to define what it is, but you you know what? We know what it is. And it's kind of like, I have been, okay, I, I think I've shared this before, but I have been sexually harassed. I was sexually molested when I was a teenager or when I was younger than that. And let I'm telling you, like, it is with you for the rest of your life. It affects you yes. in every walk of your life. And 
you know, it's, it's actually a topic that I want to talk about sometime, but I would like to get some other people on the podcast. We should definitely get some younger women. Like, yes. Uh, and and that might because be, that might this be an is so widely, yes, this is going to be like you did your thing on porn. We could do it on, on sexual harassment, yeah. or, um, uh, sexual misconduct or whatever. But so if any of you out there want to join me, would be interested in joining me on that podcast, um, send us an email at realworldpod at uh, gmail.com because I really think this is something we need to talk about because Absolutely. it does affect you every day of your life. Yeah, and it's the idea that, because when, as soon as you said that, that reminded me of the Bill Clinton, the uh, that depends what is is. Yes. <laughs> Where it's like, totally. oh, okay, so you're saying you don't understand what you were doing? Right. Really? And, and actually, it's funny that you say that because others <laughs> have been drawing the same conclusion between Cuomo and Bill Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think that's a good example of a lot of times, but I, I'm more so saying uh, that Mar- uh, cause I think that's definitely a practical thing. A lot of Democrats weren't calling for his head. There were right. a few. It, it took a long time, but there are some now. There were a few who, right. uh, and I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm happy that okay. they were. So I don't know her name. I think her name is Michelle, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Michelle so Obama. no, not Michelle <laughs> Obama. No, not Michelle. But she worked. Um, she was the attorney working in support of Andrew Cuomo. She resigned on Sunday. She was one of the attorneys that was against Brett Kavanaugh for, um, yes, because at that time she basically said that women should be believed. And so the first thing that she did when she worked for Andrew Cuomo was discredit the first person who came forward. Yeah. And it's like, women, may I say to you, speak the truth and do not allow a political party or a political viewpoint to persuade you one way or another. Yes. It's about the truth, whether or not it happened or not. Yeah. It's, I think it's the same thing with our current and last president. If you believe Trump with what he said about grab the woman by the, you know, mm-hmm. I think we should all be equally creeped out by Biden sniffing his granddaughters and other right. young women's but hair. Yet and you <laughs> won't you won't hear them being spoken <laughs> about in the same vein. You know what? And, yeah. People, they are the same. They're both creepy. They're both wrong. And let's just hold them both accountable yes. for it. And, yet and we so. make them presidents of the United <laughs> States. Yeah. Crazy. And I also think to some extent, I do think, I, I'm honestly, that's really good that she did step down from being his attorney. I think that's great. Uh, I also think to some extent when the women seem to be almost kind of betraying their own cause a little bit, there should be a little bit of grace potentially given. Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't think most women there's are. There's so much fear. Yeah, because and it's you like feel if you betray there's your so political much party, guilt associated with it. Yeah, it's like if you betray your political party. What if someone they disc- successfully discredit these women and then they have a job still, and then you're out of a job, and no one in the party wants to work with you. Yeah, and so then it's you're being coerced into doing something you. Well, but at it, the same it, time, you could also be kind of more of a not to badmouth Hillary, but more of a Hillary situation where even before she had much political power. She was discrediting the women who were accusing Bill Clinton. Totally, of doing and stuff and a lot of that was proven to be true. And and getting back to like Brett Kavanaugh, the ac- accusations against him were in his like college days. And again, I'm not at all. If he did what he did, you know, he I mean, what they it. suggested, yes. And 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 it's it's a it's um it's illegal. It's wrong. But it's not the same thing, in my opinion, as being a college student because you know, look, come on, we can all recognize. 
Well, and they do engage in all kinds of things, and it's that yeah. is not at all the same as the governor yes. of New York doing it in recent times, like not as a college student, but as the governor of New York, yeah. or Bill Clinton as the yep. president of the United States. That is, uh, it, it. okay, you know what? We know that we are held to a higher um, level of responsibility with leadership, yeah. right? And not only leadership in the church, such as Ravi, but leadership in government. And because, you know, whether we're in government or we're in the church, we're leading people. And so, and people are vulnerable and people, gosh, it's just such a challenge each and every day to get through each day. And I think that's why the Lord tells us that his mercies are new every morning Mm -hmm. and to not worry about tomorrow because there's enough trouble for today, right? So it's enough for us to just get through the day. Yeah. You know? So, sorry, I was just to try no, and no, change no, gears ahead. a little bit more go back ahead. to going go with Ravi and everything. Would you say... Well, I like my tangents. I, I know. I appreciate it. I, I enjoy talking about it. It's also <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel really heated about this topic because... I know. I also just want to try and yeah. change our gears a little yes. bit back more to sure. Ravi because that's what sure. we're talking about. And people like him within the church. Sure. And, and I think we also have to talk about like our response to all of this as yeah. Christians, especially, but how should we respond to leaders? When oh, they absolutely. Fall? Uh, but I think going back to a little bit, my question mm-hmm. was like, where do we draw the line? Would you say that there isn't a line? Cause your answer is political parties. Would you say that there isn't a line that should be drawn then when it comes to like believing women? Well, you know, again, from having done HR and, and you haven't taken lots of sexual harassment training and things like that. I think there is a line um, the key is, and again, this is all of my training. The first thing that you have to say as a woman, or again, I say as a woman, because generally speaking, historically speaking, we think about the male being the predator against the woman. Yeah, right? we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't but just we shouldn't, say women. We because should say it can victim. be same gender to same gender. It can be woman to men. Yeah, I, I mean, I've so, actually, yeah, I've, I've no, I actually know a few guys now who've actually been yes, assaulted by women. Absolutely. And so that certainly can happen. And they, and they feel like they can't say anything because people will make fun of them because, how, oh, you're this big, strong leader. Exactly. How could you get assaulted by a woman? So I think it's, it's challenging whichever way you talk about it. But I think the first key yeah. is for the victim, okay, to say no. That is not acceptable. No, I'm not going to do that. Or no, I'm not going to text you that. Or no, we're not going to do this. And that's the first step that you always have to say is you have to make it clear that no is your answer. And then if they do it again, that's where you draw the line. Okay, boom. That's when you go to authorities. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I I was more so saying the line of when we believe women who are accusing like leaders like because uh, it's like because we, we look at situations like uh, I think we're going to c- compare uh, mm-hmm. going back to talking about Deshaun Watson, 24 different women. Mm-hmm. But there's another famous quarterback that me and you both like because we're Steelers fans, Ben mm-hmm. Roethlisberger, who was mm-hmm. accused of sexual right. assault twice. Right. One looks really credible, actually, for the mm-hmm. most part. They're mm-hmm. both really drunk. And normally yeah. when both people are drunk, you give the right. fault to the man. 
But the other one was actually very suspicious because mm-hmm. it, she reported a year after the fact. And yeah. in that between that time where it happened, supposedly, and she reported it and started to sue him. He got married. Uh, well, no, no, no. Right? This, this was before that. He was before that? Okay. Uh, I was thinking it was about when, when he got married. When okay. the people were trying to interview I'm potential witnesses. Ben just yeah. so you know. I think I already said it. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I missed uh, that. I might not have. Uh, but women, this first woman, this would have been back in like 2007. Or 2008, right? Uh, this is before they won. He won a second Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, she like she had friends who reported as saying that she went around boasting that she got to get with him, and like mm-hmm. t- t- saying like how mm-hmm. great she is because she got to be with the Super mm-hmm. Bowl winning quarterback, mm-hmm. and he's on he's about to get mm-hmm. a new big contract and all mm-hmm. this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like that one's clearly it seems like she hit him up. She got some, and she was happy about it. And then <laughs> she tried to hit him up again, and then he said no. And it was consensual, is yeah, what you're saying. It was consensual yes. the first time, and then when he said no the second time, she wasn't happy, so she tried mm-hmm. to get some money from mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. But the second one, it's like very suspicious. So that's where it's like, how do we figure out that line? Well, and we don't get to figure that yeah. out. Like it's not up to us to figure that out. That's, yeah, that's, it's up honestly, to us to take it to the authorities. So if you're in a workplace environment, you take it to management. You take it to HR. If you're, you know, in the church, you take it to church leadership. Or if it, I mean, truly, if it's a crime that's been committed, you go to the police. Yes. And you know what? Oh, absolutely. Unfortunately. There may not always be belief or there may not always be evidence to support that person's claims. And there's, unfortunately, you have to allow the system to go through it. But I know working for the county of Riverside, um, when it came to any kind of sexual misconduct, it was out of our internal hands. Like there was a special place. There was a special group that dealt with that. And it went immediately to them because they were trained to know. Like they knew what to do to handle the situation. So you really do need to get experts involved. But don't be afraid to take it forward. But by golly, make sure you know what you're saying and what really happened too. Don't yeah. Don't read something into something either. Yeah, because like, I mean, for all we know, we are reading something into totally, all these totally, stories. Totally, uh, totally. I think I even made a note. Uh, one of the things I compared is how do we compare I think it was to my explain my question was how do we navigate or compare stories like Joseph in the Bible compared to like Ravi Zacharias they are both accused of sexual assault mm-hmm. uh, one definitely didn't do it mm-hmm. one definitely did I think one difference is that Ravi has the abundance of different women mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I think going back to talking yeah, about evidence. power I mean it really does come down to evidence and of course the evidence with with Joseph was the cloak, yes. right? Um, well, I, I think I think going back to what I was talking about, the line of believing women and or victims. I know, but I, I think uh, it does come down to evidence, though. I do think that having like even circumstantial evidence can be a factor in oh, looking at y- them. Y- oh yeah, definitely. Right? And that's the difficulty when it's somebody in the church that does it because they're held to, ev- to an even higher standard, and there's more of a disbelief that this person would commit that act oh, yeah. or crime. Oh, well, what, right? I, what I was going to say is if you look at Joseph's story when he was falsely accused, well, we, one of the, going back to the, the themes of sexual coercion, uh, the person in power is normally the one at fault. 
Well, between Joseph and Potiphar's wife, who was the one in power? Exactly. It's Potiphar's right. wife. Potiphar's wife because had it all. Because if they both accuse the other of doing that, guess mm-hmm. who goes to jail? It's right. Joseph. So of clearly course. Potiphar's wife is the one in power. Right. She held the cards. And I, I, might, my, my, I actually, had, this is a little bit tangent. My professor pointed something out to me that I was always wondering. And uh, and he said, what? If, if Joseph was accused of raping his wife back at this time period, that's a death sentence. Why wasn't Joseph killed? Why was he just thrown in jail? Right. And he said, I think the natural conclusion we should get from reading this is that this isn't the first time Potiphar's wife did this. Mm, interesting. And and there, because there's another like verse too where And he had to live with her happy wife, happy life, right? He, so he figured, <laughs> oh, I got to take Joseph and throw him in the bunk. Yeah. And yeah. The, there, there's another, there's an, like another verse that implies he probably was very obese because it described his love for eating. Joseph or Potiphar? Uh, Potiphar. 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 Okay. And so it was probably- I never heard that about Joseph it was, So it was probably okay. this younger woman- who was trying to get with all these different guys mm-hmm. and always try to get what she wanted. And her husband was just never around. And he was always spending his time eating rather than being with her. Mm. And sorry, it was mm. just kind of like, Interesting. A, I hadn't yeah. heard that before. It was a little bit of a tangent. Mm. Uh, See, I, I'm not the only one <laughs> likes her tangents. Yeah, I know. But can we talk about how we are to respond? Yeah, when, that's, when, that's exactly when leaders fall. I mean, I think it's okay to be sad and angry. Um, absolutely about it. And I, I found this article on Christian living, and, and it was basically framed how to respond when, when church leaders fall. And so maybe I could go through these points, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, first one, um, to be sad and angry that it's okay. Um, you know, to support the people that are, are harmed. We need to support them. We need to watch and we need to pray um, about the situation. Um, and you know, I thought this was an interesting comment that it said, when I hear about a fallen minister, it frightens me to know that I'm entirely capable of doing just what he's done or worse. I share a sinful nature. And for any of you that don't think you can do these things, uh, you're wrong. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but you know what? We we're all sinners. And while we think we wouldn't go there, you know what? We know that this life isn't about us. It's about, you know, the, the, the enemy's right there lurking, trying to come in right when you're the most vulnerable. And um, so it, it took me a long time to come to that place because when I was younger, I would always say things like, I would never do that. I, you know, and then yeah. as I get older and I realize, oh, it would be so easy for me to do that. Like it would be so easy. We so easily succumb to temptation. Yeah. Right. And, and so I, be mindful of that people like, um, <laughs> don't think that you're, uh, incapable of falling into that same sinful nature as that person that you're judging. Yes. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. 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 Yep. Okay. So again, we lovingly watch over one another. Um, you know, be gentle. Um, you know, this isn't the end of the story. We need to pray about it and because we never know how a story is going to end. Right. Yeah. And pray for your Christian leaders. Pray for your pastors. Pray for Christian leaders um, everywhere. Especially Uh, the ones that fall and that they repent. Well, absolutely. But also for those that are in power. Currently. um, That they don't fall. Yes. Oh, yeah. We need them to maintain their high moral um, demands. Um, and, And not... And as, as while it might initially kind of like rock our faith to not let that 
you know, continue is let, let us not wallow in that. Yeah, don't uh, don't let someone else's faith be determined yours. Right. So we don't put our trust in princes, we put it in the Lord, right? Yeah. Um and and I thought this was an interesting quote by John um I think it's John Newton where he said if our faith has been shaken, it may suggest our faith has been misplaced. Right? So we've we put our faith in the wrong thing or person if 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 that's it. Yeah. Um, um, let's see. So we take comfort in the goodness and the sovereignty of God. And, and, and basically to let this um, allow us to stir up fresh zeal for the gospel. So these were just um, some things. So it's mm-hmm. that only the grace of God yeah. can train us for godliness. Only the grace of God can keep us faithful to the end. Only by the grace of God. I think that's good. I think I think yeah everything that you said was true. Uh that's it's just so difficult trying to deal with people after they fall. And I do th- I think the the biggest part of all that is after someone has some sort of moral failure if you looked up to them spiritually, that can hit us real hard. Mm-hmm. Uh I know it hit me hard whenever Mark Driscoll had a bit of a moral failure supposedly mm-hmm. a couple years ago. And he's currently leading a new church, and it seems like he's better, but then something recently has also kind of happened. Mm, uh, I haven't heard about that one. Where uh, him and another family are both accusing the other of like harassment. Mm. But the thing is, Mark Driscoll's the one in power in mm-hmm. that situation. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it's... No, I'm sorry, my alarm went off. And so it seems more likely that it would end up being his fault, but I, mm-hmm. we, we, like, again, we don't know. But he's someone I greatly look up to, and I think he's one of the best preachers I've ever heard. And uh, so it, sometimes yeah. it can be hard. It can be hard. It's like, yeah. how yeah. do I listen to this person who might be having a moral failure? Like, how do I reconcile this person I almost kind of look up to that mm-hmm. I'll, part of me almost wants to be like, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's... Right. You think about emulating somebody like that. Yeah. Like, I but wish again, we have to be careful like that we're not putting our faith in that person, person yeah, that exactly. our, our faith is in God. And we appreciate what that person is able to do, you know, um, through God. Yes. However, we always have to keep in mind it's through God and not, he's not a God. Yes. That we worship the only true God, Jesus Christ. And we always need to look to him for wisdom, for discernment in a situation and to not accept somebody else's word for something, you know, that's one of the things that I really appreciate about, um, the, the non-denominational church, I'll say in that, um, and it was such a diversion from, you know, well, I grew up Baptist and they still kind of told you what to believe, but it was more open, but going to the Catholic church for a while, I mean, they pretty much told you what to believe. They didn't encourage you to read the Bible and to learn for yourself because they wanted you to believe the way they believed. Again, this is how I've, um, you know, this is my understanding. <laughs> Sorry, I just killed a bug going across the oh. table. <laughs> and um, so I encourage, I mean, I appreciate um, when I we started at Calvary and, and, you know, through now where it's like, they would kind of report it as most most pastors would say, okay, here's what it says. Here's what I think. Many people think this. Make up your own mind. Do your own research. And so I think that's really important for you all to do. Don't just trust somebody's 
opinion, yeah. even if it's somebody you look up to, do your own independent research because um, y- you don't ever want to be caught in the place of these these women with Ravi Zacharias or Andrew Cuomo thinking because you're in this le- you know leadership position that I should just trust whatever you say or do. Yeah, and I definitely think if someone's been caught in some sort of moral failure like Ravi or other pastors or church leaders, or if you say Governor Cuomo. But just because someone did something immoral also, we have to think about is, doesn't mean what they said before also wasn't true. That's correct. Right. Uh, because if something's true, it's just always true. When something, truth doesn't change. Right. We're not moral. Like, I'm not a moral relativist. I know you aren't, Mom. Mm-mm. I don't know if any of our listeners are, so I can't say we aren't moral relativists. I can't say that I haven't always. I mean, uh, sometimes I do kind of go there. It, like, Kind of makes sense, you I, know. I, I think to I think to some extent there could be different cultural values right. on different things, mm-hmm. and that's okay. But like, I, I had an apologetics professor named Dr. Moreland, and he said whenever someone brings up to you truth uh, truth relativism, ask them this one question: Is torturing babies for fun a good thing? Because hmm? if a, you're a moral relativist, you have to say it can be good. Because okay. I say it's good. I say it's fun. So that means it has to be good, right? Because if all truth and morality is relative, it is relative to my opinion. I see what you're saying. I see. I'm and like, then, how and are you going there? Because how could that ever be okay under exactly. any circumstances? And then, and then when they have to go with their logical conclusion of agreeing that it's that person finds it good, say, well, then you're insane. Because <laughs> under right. no search of circumstances is torturing babies ever good. There's right. zero circumstances that is ever right. good, ever. Right. right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, sorry. We were kind of lost my train of thought there for a second. Well, I think also what what they didn't say in here, but I think we also need to forgive them. Like, we need to recognize yeah, we need to that we're all sinners. We're going to mess we up. All, and we all fall from grace now and then, right? I've certainly had my share of experiences in that regard. And it's humbling, but you know what? It can draw us closer to the Lord whenever we have these kinds of experiences, right? And so we can only pray for these people that fall from grace that they get right with the Lord, regardless of what they've done. It doesn't matter. And we shouldn't be so obsessed with that, right? We need to get over ourselves because you know what? We've done it as well. Maybe not to the extent, maybe a different kind of sin, but why do we always think somehow that our sin isn't as bad as that other person's? Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't know why we go there. And it's not to say we shouldn't hold pastors to a higher level of accountability, because they should. Scripture itself says that we should. Absolutely. (laughs) But at the same time, uh, I think this kind of goes out, because I've had a talk, I've had had to deal with talking about Ravi Zacharias and general moral failures of pastors a lot in the last year because of seminary. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, just because that's been a subject that's been coming up. Mm-hmm. And there is a pattern of what happens is that essentially uh, a person or like a pastor, a church leader, can't feel like they can confess their sin or be real with another person because they'll be looked down on or they'll be disregarded as a leader. Uh, mm-hmm. th- and they'll essentially be almost like thrown down from leadership 
in their head because of the or the way it'll be disregarded like that by church members for admitting their sin mm-hmm. for being honest mm-hmm. and so then they keep it inside then they don't share with anyone and then it just builds until it explodes totally and and i can say i've experienced this firsthand in my in in my attending churches where i've i'm aware of issues with the pastor of a church that i attended and it was like brushed under the rug and then the first time going into um Calvary Baptist with Pastor Paul and he was so open and vulnerable about his own issues that it was so refreshing because oh, yeah, definitely he, like he really opened my shout eyes out to Pastor Paul. He, seriously <laughs> shout out to Pastor Paul um, like he really opened my eyes that he was human like us like I had always held up um, pastors ministers a priest, whatever, on a pedestal as though they were somehow in a different breed of human than than I was. Yeah. Um, and now, I, again, what I do was, think they're held to a higher standard with respect to God. But what, what was the phrase he always used? Sorry to cut you off. I really liked it. It was because uh, pastors literally mean shepherd. So it's like the idea of a minister is like you're a shepherd to the flock. But he always say, I'm not a shepherd. I'm just another sheep trying to show another sheep where to get water. Mm, I love that. Well, I just, you know. And it's not to say he wasn't a pastoral shepherd, but it was right. to say that his attitude, he didn't view himself like Jesus is the only real shepherd. Right. I'm just another sheep who's trying to help out the shepherd. Right. And and he was just always very humble. And, and I just loved his approach. And I still miss Pastor Paul. I yeah. really do. I do too. Um, he will always be my pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I cut you off in the middle of saying something. Sorry, or do you want me to do, do, you want, do you want me to change gears a little bit, or because um, I have, a, I have I'm, other I'm trying. Questions. I can't even remember. Well, anything. The whole point was to to be vulnerable, but I I think that we have to be mindful of church leaders, um, that that appear to be holier than thou, <laughs> as though they're. And they never report out about any struggles or anything that they're with. Yeah. Again, they're not going to tell. They're not just going to go up in front of the congregation and say, oh, gee, I have this problem, this problem. Uh, no, that's not what I'm saying. But, you know, you kind of know, you know, whether or not somebody's being open and honest. And, and I know that Pastor Matt has talked about his various struggles, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think a great thing he does in his sermons is that he always points out how much of a bonehead he can be. Mm-hmm. And I, right. th- I think a lot of times a big tell in pastors or p- sermons is that if a pastor always talks about how they did something right and how someone else did something wrong, conversely as to when they're the bonehead in the story and how they've learned, I think that can be something that's really telling and kind of a holier-than-thou well, versus and, humble attitude. And you know where I'm drawing a distinction as I think about it? When I think about previous pastors, like they may have come to the Lord because they were a hippie or there were drugs or whatever, (laughs) but it seemed like once they came to the Lord after that, they never had any issues. But with, with Pastor Paul, with Pastor Matt, no, there's ongoing struggles that they talk about. And Mm -hmm. that's important to know and to reconcile that they know they're a sinner and they talk about that. And, um, you know, of course, they have close personal friends that are holding them accountable. Yeah, and, and they they need to. Yeah, and they need to. Right, everybody does. That was everybody actually, needs that. That was actually well the thing I was going to bring up next. Okay, well, whenever I was offering it, because we're going to need to wrap this up. It, yeah, it was. There's two last things before I go into verses. Okay. One is how do we prevent situations like this going into the future? Accountability. And that's I mean that's it. That's that's entirely it is accountability. And like, like church leadership. Um, 
you need to have strong leaders around you. And I know for, you know, Pastor Matt, that was important to him to yeah. have strong oh, yeah. leadership around him, people that would hold him accountable. Yes. Like, you now don't want to... That's wanna... why they have DZ. Exactly. Right? And so that's really, really important. Yeah. And so uh, a couple points I had jotted down, uh, just like a brief summary of some things I learned in class. Make sure our spiritual leaders are in small groups. They Every mm-hmm. single pastor... PMB, uh, if it's or if it's for us at Movell, uh, Jefe Blanco, mm-hmm. uh, Jefe Blanco, <laughs> uh, or Jeff. Uh, or if, if later when I'm a pastor, they should all be in two small groups, mm-hmm. uh, one active small group that they're probably leading, that they're or they're personally discipling and leading, and they need to be in a group with other, maybe not necessarily the necessarily in the normal way of a small group, but they need to be in a group of other pastors, of people who understand. Mm-hmm. the things that they're struggling with, the things that they need only other pastors will understand and confide in. Uh, maybe not necessarily pastors in the sense of senior pastors, just other people in a similar role. Uh, it's kind of like, okay, and I've said this for, for many, many, many years. It's like a true friend is going to tell you if you have a booger hanging out of your nose. Like yeah. seriously, if somebody just looks at you and they ignore it, they don't really care about you because you know you don't want that to be present. Like if, So I'm saying a true friend tells you the truth and tries to help you to be able to improve yourself. Yes. And I think that's a big part of it is pastors need to have people they can completely totally. confide in genuinely, totally. both in their congregation mm-hmm. and outside their congregation. And to call them out when they're doing something wrong. Uh, yeah. And it, for, uh, for our part, uh, we need to be able to willing to call out our pastors when they're doing something wrong, but also not, not be able to do that in a gentle and loving way. Totally. Like back uh, when we had our old pastor before Sandals, a uh, pastor who I won't say their name of, but mm-hmm. whenever I was in the office, I always saw him bring in probably at least four or 5,000 calories worth of food. And like knowing at that point, because I struggled with binge eating, my mother just asked me who because she couldn't figure it I out. I couldn't, I wasn't uh, sure who she was talking, who was talking hopefully about. Hopefully I didn't, I didn't, mm-hmm. mal- I didn't mouth it too much. But mm-hmm. I, as someone who struggled with binge eating, I should have tried to call him out and talk to him about it. Hmm. That, that should have been my place to say, hey, I know what you're doing isn't good. Mm-hmm. I know this has to be some level of emotional eating because he would come with two giant bags of fast food every day that I saw him. Wow. Yeah. And, and it's not to say like, I understand binge eating. Like I, I get that. I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to condemn someone for doing that. But at the same time, it's okay. You want to try to help them to you get gotta, You got to help them. And if you're in spiritual leadership, like that's something you got to actively work on. Like I'm leading mm-hmm. youth group and I'm leading kids and kids ministry. Do you ever address that? Like and do you so, ever address yeah. your weight issue with the kids? And yeah. Like I mean, that, not necessarily like with the little kids because sometimes no, well, little kids aren't really going to understand that. But with but like the like youth, the, definitely. Because you, they can learn from your experience. You, they can learn that, Hey, this is my issue that I have to deal with. And they can yeah. see that you're vulnerable and that you're you're working on trying to change that. Yeah, and, and that's something that's that's big as as well as I think a lot of Christians can actually learn from my small groups kids examples. They're honest and they love me still and they care about me still. And I think mm-hmm. a big part of that is it's a lot easier when you're in youth. Uh, I I don't know. I think it's a lot easier for them to love because. Well, or like when, so when someone's fault because they just approach things it's because just, they're younger. Innocently, they're yeah. they're going through a lot of hard times, so they're less mm-hmm. judgmental. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I think a lot of times when people get older, they get more a little bit more cynical. <laughs> no question, no uh, question at all. But I think on our part, calling out the pastor in an appropriate, loving way, mm-hmm. as well as being supportive of them when they're in mm-hmm. a struggle, totally. Uh, 
We also need to have an appropriate idea of how we should discipline a pastor if there's a moral failure. I remember I got into an argument with a woman, and you might support her, you might support me, uh, but we were talking about church discipline in a class was how to uh, do a situation like this. When and you say a woman, is this somebody this I know? Was a, somebody this is, from no, church? this is a woman in my class. Was in my oh, class. Oh, in your class. She was okay. in seminary. So she's with in me. seminary with you. Okay. Yeah, she was real smart. She she was I might definitely have to defend my friend if it was a friend she, of mine. she was definitely she was definitely an eight because uh, she okay. actually really insulted my preaching professor another another class. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but in this specific context, me and her got into an argument because I said that the way we should discipline a pastor caught being addicted to pornography is different than how we should discipline a pastor who's been caught having an affair. Correct. Mm-hmm. And she said mm-hmm. that she would treat that the same because mm-hmm. it is the same. Mm-hmm. And I. That my head, I was like, nope, because <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. porn is awful. It is evil. It is sin. Mm-hmm. But if I were to walk in on my dad looking at porn and knowing that he was mentally sinning against my mom, I would think, oh my gosh, dad, I oh I want to be horrified by the sight. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, but it would be something. Would be like, you know what? I mean, I've struggled with that a lot. I, to some extent, I still struggle with it. But I know he would still love you mm-hmm. and he would still chooses you above everything else. He's just struggling mm-hmm. in this moment and mm-hmm. this is how he's venting some sort of sin. Mm-hmm. If I walked Couldn't in my you dad. come up with a different example? Sorry. <laughs> if I walked in on, okay, then yeah, not I my Yeah, I get dad. it. If you walked in on him like with having sex woman. with another woman. Sorry, it would be a if it didn't make you uncomfortable using my well, dad as just, an example. It's kind of like I would have preferred a different example. But Sorry. I, okay. I always like use I, people I know. we've said before, we don't discuss what we're going to talk about before we have these podcasts. It's like, oh, gee. Thanks, Brian. So so sorry, Dad. It's not a mental <laughs> you're listening to this. picture that I really I'm sure you're to coming have, up with a joke to send me right now in a text. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Dad's gonna like how this one was brought up. He's usually brought up somehow in every episode, but he's, he might he's not, not like this one. He's probably not gonna be happy. I'm sorry, yeah. Dad. No, because we know Dad would never do these things. No, right. And that's why, but that's that's part of the reason why well, I used and, him and as an example. And you know what's funny is, is that we, we think say of that, a, but let's l- listen to what you just said. You said, I know that dad would never do these things, right? Wrong. Like, we pray that dad would never do these things because we know we're all capable of doing yeah. these things, and, right? And, and, and the, so that's important to remember, though. And that's why in my head I said, I know dad would never do this mm-hmm. because when most of the time when pastors are caught doing this and why I use dad, that might my reasoning, is because it would have to be someone who would completely catch us off guard. Mm-hmm. Like right. I would be more flabbergasted if I walked in on dad doing something than any other man in my entire mm-hmm. life. Of course. Right. Like I would be more stunned. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of time. A lot of times people feel blindsided again. Mm-hmm. Sorry, dad, right. we're using you as an example. I'll right. stop now. But I think that uh, was a compliment. <laughs> Yeah, it was a compl- it's meant to be this is all meant to be a compliment in a very backhanded way apparently. <laughs> uh, oh well, you know, we're here to be but, real. But yeah, it's but it's kind of going back to me and this woman getting into an argument. Uh it's not that like, you don't need to defend my point of view now of we we also need to be I, I know we need to wrap it up soon. Uh we need to uh be mindful of the what someone what some church leader has done is sinning sinful wise uh as well as how to appropriately discipline because different sins have different disciplines. Totally. And maybe that could be an entire other episode for going Perhaps. in more detail of that. Uh, but not right now. Uh, but I think we're getting close to wrapping it up. Yeah. Uh, so I what verses to, you got? Yeah. I was going to say, I got some verses. <laughs> you got some verses. Uh, 
First Timothy five nineteen nineteen through twenty. Do not emit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all, so that they may the rest may stand in fear. But there may not always be two or three witnesses, especially in the case of sexual assault. Um, there's often not any witnesses. It's just yeah. the two people engaged in that encounter. And, 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 and that's why I was bringing it up is uh, I also don't think this is talking about a crime. This is talking about more of a moral failure. Right, right. Because uh, otherwise, Paul would be saying report them to the law. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's why Paul tells us to follow the law. So he's assuming right. we're not going to have moral failure. Um, we're not, not going to commit crimes. Mm-hmm. So this is saying this is just something like a slight. Mm-hmm. This is like an elder swore at someone and yelled at mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, saying be mindful, be mm-hmm. wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in our current culture, we should believe a woman or a victim if there's just her speaking out mm-hmm. against someone. But we should also be a little bit mindful of he said, she said. Mm-hmm. But then his second part is more is more important. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all. So it's saying if you're a leader, persist in sin. If they're unrepentant, rebuke them in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to call them out and call them out in front of the entire congregation. Wow. So that their rest may stand in fear. So it's saying if someone's caught in sin... Mm-hmm. It's to help others. It's to help others. And mm-hmm. so other, everyone else knows that they're not going to put up with sinful leadership. Mm-hmm. And that's what Paul is essentially saying is we're not going to put up with sinful leadership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's 2 Corinthians 2, 8 through 11. If we're going to go back to being a little bit disgusting, uh, this is in reference to 1 Corinthians when Paul asked the church to kick out a member who has been sleeping with his mother, uh, mother, stepmother, sorry. Uh, so way, his father's wife. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. I almost said mother-in-law, but I meant stepmother. stepmother. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so this is in context of that. And he says, therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. For to this end, I also wrote so that you might put you to the test, whether you are obedient in all things. But one whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, I did so for your sakes in the presence of Christ so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Effectively, it's just Paul saying that when Paul rebuked the Corinthians last time for letting this person be in their congregation, he's saying now to reaffirm them now that he has repented uh, and reaffirm their love for others who've been punished or disciplined in the church for their sins for what they did. If relationships stay strained, it sets us up for further conflict down the road. Essentially saying, there is a time for restoration. All that saying, there's a time for forgiveness. There's a time for restoration. Mm-hmm. And we do need those. Uh, if you're a leader and you fall, you need to be willing to make amends and to let yourself be restored by the congregation. Totally. Even if you're no longer in a position of leadership, even mm-hmm. if you no longer go to that church, mm-hmm. you still need to restore the relationships Absolutely. there. It Absolutely. only sets up further conflict down the right. road. Right. Alrighty, we went way long for this okay, episode. We did. Uh, but thank but you guys for listening. But it's an important topic. It is an important topic, and we'll probably end up talking about it again at some point. <laughs> uh, well, anyways, <laughs> if you guys uh, would please follow us or give us a like or give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts, we would greatly appreciate it. If you guys want to contact us or send us a conversation topic at realworldpod at gmail.com, we would graciously appreciate it. Do you have any finer, final, yeah, finer, final thoughts? <laughs> no, you know, I just, like I, I shared in the last podcast, you know, we try to bring these kinds of topics to the forefront because it's important that we talk about them. 
But we're again, we're not experts. So we're just trying to bring forward what we do know about them or what we can find out about it. Um, and so we encourage you that if you do have any thoughts, suggestions, remarks about what we have talked about or future topics, to please send us those emails or to provide us the feedback because it really is helpful. Many of the podcasts that we're doing are are based upon recommendations and suggestions from other people. So Definitely. from from you all, and we really do appreciate you listening to us and. We do. We really enjoy our time with each other. So, yep. you know, it was different when we used to live in the same house, but Brian's been on his own. You know, we, we've been in our house a year as of last August, as of Saturday. So Dang. August 7th. So it's been a year already. Um, and so... You guys I, moved out, but I stayed the same place. You, you <laughs> stayed in the same place, but it's so um, refreshing to be able to see you yeah. adulting. Right and saying, why didn't they turn the light yeah, off? Now, now I have my own. <laughs> yeah, now my own car payment now too. Right. Yay. All right. Well, anyways, <laughs> thank you guys for listening, Dad. I love you. I'm sorry that we <laughs> used you in an awkward example. <laughs> I hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy. Take care. Yep. See you guys next time. Bye bye. <laughs>